The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Claude Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm joined by Ricky. How are you tonight, sir? Doing very well yourself. I'm alright, thanks. I have a currently sipping a cappuccino as we speak. Uh, cappuccino? Uh-huh. Well, you know, maybe say the correct correct word rather than, you know. Well, Sorry for being playful. To be honest, well, I don't think it's going to be a playful pod tonight. <laughs> no, maybe not. I have a couple of things. You have I'd a joke? Like... Not yet. <laughs> I'll keep that for later. Did you know that uh, I might be a week or so out, but this, as far as I'm aware, might be our year anniversary on Social Suplex? Um, I need to go back and double check. To be honest, because it was a year, it was a friend anniversary between myself and Jeremy Donovan from Keeping It Strong Style this week. Uh, so that makes it roughly the time right, uh, just before Survivor Series when AJ Styles defeated Jinder. So if it is, then happy anniversary to us and all our listeners in the social suplex world. <laughs> And then, see, in that time, I've tried very hard to make a conscious effort to put backstage politics aside, who goes over who, why does this geek get so much TV time, is this person a draw, all of it, and I've tried as hard as I can to keep things kayfabe, just let what happens on TV happen and enjoy the story that I'm being told. And over the last few months, I've enjoyed these stories on Smackdown you've got Becky Lynch and Charlotte Miz, Daniel Bryan even Randy Orton having his midlife crisis inserting screwdrivers into people has been reasonably enjoyable since that shit with Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was over and Shane buggered off Smackdown has been, I would say more than acceptable since post-Wrestlemania brand split time on Raw since SummerSlam, it's been great. Brock Lesnar's gone. Dean's back. Shield re- reformed, reunited. Braun, Ziggler, McIntyre being treated as credible threats in their own individual ways. Ronda Rousey, in my, my personal opinion, has faced challenges within the stories that are acceptable for someone like her to struggle with, whether it's being outnumbered or dirty tactics, whatever it is, I'm on board. It's been good, and I've been I've been sports entertained, to coin a phrase. Then Crown Jewel happened. Already a show steeped in con- controversy for a number of reasons, which we discussed last week. As much as I, like I said, 
I try my best to apply kayfabe and fiction to the wrestling. In this instance, I cannot and I will not defend this show, what took place at Crown Jewel. For me, I think it amounted to nothing more than creative sabotage. I've, I've worked myself into a shoot. I'll, I'll be honest. I would say Raw's main event scene and its potential to thrive or prosper, I would say it's been flat out sabotaged once again with Brock Lesnar becoming champion again. Fuck Brock! Braun Strowman's credibility as a monster, destroyed, literally squashed, and the trickle-down effect it has, as discussed on this podcast, ad freaking nauseam before, is back in full swing, and probably won't be rectified till the, at the very earliest Royal Rumble, which, spoilers, probably isn't going to happen then either. Next up, you've got the World Cup. Shane comes down to the aid of SmackDown Live. He doesn't want SmackDown to be in the, the shadow of Raw and his sister Stephanie on Raw. Shane, SmackDown was getting on just fine in your absence. Fine and dandy. So, you've come back and the sabotage continues. It's clear it's clear to see to a keen eye that this is just another ploy to have Shane, maybe not front and centre, but close to it in this Survivor Series 5v5 match for the third year running. And how how did that turn out last year? An awful main event that made the full-time participants look like geeks. All at the expense of this McMahon family, or McMahon-Helmsley family melodrama. Which, by the way, as far as I remember, that did not have one single payoff whatsoever. That thing with Triple H and Shane and Braun Strowman. No payoffs at all. Raw, Smackdown, part-time talent, they're eating up Precious TV time, network time, whatever you want to call it. These, this full-time talent who work hundreds of nights a year, hundreds of public appearances a year, charity work, interviews, podcasts, social media, president, um, presidents, presence, for that talent to look like a gaggle of geeks, after geek after geek. I mean, I ask, how is this? How long will WWE rely on these part-timers? What are they going to do when the likes of Shane, Brock, our best friend, self-serving arsehole John Cena? What happens when these dinosaurs can't or don't want to wrestle anymore? The pool of, the pool of talent available to WWE today is huge. They're all playing fiddle to Jurassic Park, basically. So what's going to happen when these dinosaurs are extinct? And speaking of which, right... Saudi Arabia or Australia or any future super show venues, what are these places going to do? I, I get the argument that a lot of these places around the world, they never really got a chance to see Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels in their prime. Okay, but what are they going to do when DX and Undertaker, all these guys, can't come to the ring without a fucking walking stick anymore? Kane's running about in a costume too small for him grabbing at his face when his mask falls off. Glenn Jacobs is a respected politician. <laughs> HBK's been a laughingstock since he came back. Triple H, your fittest guy out of the four, is injured. An Undertaker's adding too many years to the back end of his career. It's making his legacy become a bit embarrassing. I'd say... 
I don't I don't care that it's not canon. WWE told us at Mania twenty eight Hell in a Cell match that they had, they told us that Shawn Michaels had retired, maybe not that match, but you know what I mean. They told us that The Undertaker had retired a couple of years ago and they told us it was the end of an era at that Hell in a Cell match. They've lied to us on three different occasions for this one storyline. Just pure lies. The main issue from Crown Jewel, all, there's a common denominator and it involved part-timers. It's happening again at Survivor Series. Shane McMahon's probably he is in Team SmackDown for Survivor Series. We've been there, done that, failed miserably last time. And do you expect me to believe that Daniel Bryan would want a gassed sweataholic on his team? No, I don't think so. We've got AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, been there, done that. We know the outcome already, so what's the point? Rollins and Nakamura. Nakamura's a geek. I've got no interest in that match whatsoever. So... How am I going to be invested in these stories they're supposed to be telling me when they throw continuity, credibility out the window just to put the stars of years ago front and centre without giving two dams about the damage caused to your your current roster? I, what's going to happen with this in five years' time? I, th- I think this model's doomed to fail and we're seeing that now. It's not just a Brock Lesnar issue. This is across the board. I know I've come in hot on this, and I do. I have asked listeners to be patient in the past during creative lulls, but that goodwill garnered since SummerSlam for Raw, gone, and a match that lasted, what, a few minutes? All the decent goodwill that's been accumulated for SmackDown since that horrible year they had last year, that's gone. And Shane's inserted himself, well, he's not inserted himself. Vince has put Shane into this, land, this self-coined land of opportunity. So, I'm a wee bit peeved. Ricky, sorry, how are you doing? Are you alright? Uh, uh, ladies, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, my name's Ricky. I'm not sure if you're aware. I'm also on the podcast tonight. Um, uh, well, quite a few things to talk about there. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, let's address the Brock issue first. Okay. So, first and foremost, fuck Brock. <laughs> Second of all, fuck Brock again. And third and final, fuck Brock. We were here ten weeks ago. Go back to the middle of August when Roman Reigns won a title. Next night he defends against Finn. Everyone kind of seemed like, right, well, we may not want Roman Reigns to have a title, but if this is what we're going to see every other week, or at least we're going to have a fighting champion, or we're going to have a champion on Raw every week, we are fully behind this. Now, fast forward to now, and we are in that same cycle we were in 10 months ago that we were stuck in for 18 months. A cycle that we have been stuck in for about, I would say, round about, what... 30 months of the last four years, maybe, or if you want, I can't, you know, like, I would say about the last three years, last three of the last five years, has been all about Brock having that title. Whether it be the Universal or the one before it. And here we are, yet again. Like, 
I'm not even angry. I'm not pissed off. I'm not. It's just. <sighs> that's my feeling towards all. Um, and, and if you want to look from a cafe point of view, I don't know if this was, it, was, it was mentioned, it was either on Twitter or it was mentioned in our Facebook Messenger group. Why the fuck would Baron Corbin want to attack Braun Strowman before the match and give the title to a part-timer who does what he wants and doesn't mm-hmm. listen to authority? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Right, so that doesn't make any sense. And then someone else followed up saying Braun then has to surely come out on Raw and absolute, like, destroy everything and anyone in sight. But yeah, that never really happened. It comes back to this love affair that Vince has with Brock. I don't hate that we see Brock, I hate that Vince feels he's this, still this sort of special attraction. Mm-hmm. You heard the reaction when Seth cut his promo talking about Brock. There was booze. I don't know. Like someone might need to do the research, but like we spoke about it before when we done that whole fuck Brock episode. <laughs> <coughs> Based on ratings and stuff, what was uh, put out by Dylan James that. Brock never really moved a needle. Maybe he does a little. He probably does. Um, but for me, not enough for you to hold your entire raw roster hostage. Um, I I would gladly never see Rock, Brock in the ring again. And we have no idea when he's going to keep this title. No idea how long he's going to keep it for. Because apparently, remember, we all thought he was going to drop at WrestleMania. And then people started saying, no, he's going to hold on through to the Greatest Royal Rumble. And then some other people say he's signed on for one or two matches. Now people are saying the same thing. He'll probably hold on to it until WrestleMania because he's probably going to fight Daniel Cormier, I think, in February. Because um, the UFC have a date in February available. Uh, which means he may not wrestle at the Royal Rumble. And if he does, it's kind of going to be a, like a typical Brock squash match over in the space of a minute or two. Um, you know, it's like a, a nightmare, a recurring nightmare that you just, you're desperate to wake up from, but you can't. Um, I, don't know if, I, I don't know if I want to go as far as saying it's deflating. It, it kind of is. But we are back where we were 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 10 weeks ago, and where we were, say, about 18 months ago, and where we were about three or four years ago. It's stagnant. It really is, and and it's not Brock's fault. It's it's Vince. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you were saying there's been a lot of chatter this week because of Drew McIntyre's performance on Monday Night Raw tapping Kurt Angle out to his own move which is a kind of that's one of those ones where you imagine he's been gifted that ankle lock now and Drew McIntyre's been touted as the next one to beat Brock Lesnar no, no. I hope I hope he's not going to get that ankle lock because there's nothing wrong with the Claymore in my opinion the Claymore is kind of like the RKO in the sense that he can literally just hit it anywhere yes. at any time that's true, I do like the Claymore kick it's just okay Drew McIntyre is He's um, something. He's a chosen one, as we were told seven, eight years ago. But 
if someone like Braun Strowman can't deal with Brock Lesnar, then what makes me think that Drew McIntyre will be able to? You know, somewhere out there that Vince is probably could try to convince himself that Roman's going to be back in time for WrestleMania. Well, and we need to remember, Joe Anoa'i is fighting a legitimately, a legitimate life-threatening disease, a life-threatening illness that his life... And this is, you know, some people say, oh, they've got the flu or the cold, or oh, I feel like I'm going to die. This man, is, his life is literally hanging in the balance. Yep. So he's not going to come back for a couple of years, minimum. And, and we move on to who's going to who's going to beat Brock and keep the title. But I don't even feel like talking about that because I feel like we spoke about it so much. And mm-hmm. again, I'm going to go back to it. We are back to square one. It is beyond frustrating. Beyond frustrating. And, and it's like it says... Brock is a businessman, whatever, is just unbelievable. And it's all Vince. It's all Vince. But my goodness, I can't wait for Cormier to knock Brock the fuck out. Am I right in saying Cormier won at the weekend? Yes. And the thing is, like, I think a lot of people feel Brock's going to overpower him because Brock's like a lot bigger and stronger, but and he's obviously got the re- uh, amateur background when it comes to wrestling, but Cormier was an Olympic-level wrestler. Cormier is is unbelievable, and, and quite frankly, like obviously I know you don't know much about MMA, but Daniel Cormier is the second greatest light heavyweight ever, and the only person who's ever beat him at light heavyweight is the greatest light heavyweight ever. In both occasions, John Jones was kind of using stuff. Whether I don't think it was ever PEDs or anything like that, but it was just you know it was accusations of him being on stuff. But I think you get done for cocaine and weed and stuff, shit like that. But that's how legitimate Cormier is. That he is the second greatest light heavyweight ever, and the only person that did beat him was John Jones. And John Jones is arguably arguably the goat. So how does the weight class work in UFC? Because Daniel Cormier is is he still classed as a light heavyweight? He holds both titles, so how- but he's just to look at him. He's a lot smaller than Brock. Brock, Brock. call me. I don't even think six foot. Can they fight in different honest. classes in UFC? Mm-hmm. They'll fight at a heavyweight, right? But that's where Cormier currently is a heavyweight champ. So in Cormier, Cormier beat Stipe Miocic. Um, what was it? What five, five, six months ago? Whenever it was. And Miocic had, had had the most defences ever for a heavyweight champion. Um, so Cormier is legit. And like I said, I'll take satisfaction of watching Brock getting, you know, beaten the shit out of. But it's still not going to change the fact that come that fight, he's going to hold the title. And come probably WrestleMania, he'll still hold the title. And it's just a case of once again, who's going to beat Brock? Nobody in the roster that I can see. You know what, my honest opinion, who I think it might be, and I mentioned this to you on WhatsApp. And oh, you kind yes. of, yeah, go ahead, go. I would love it to be Drew. I would love it to be Drew. Drew has got the looks, can, has, a, has a wrestling ability, is decent enough on the mic. Drew is an absolute superstar, and that might be because he might be Scottish, but a lot of other people feel the same way. It's going to be John Cena. Ooh. When when that fucker decides to stop taking money from China, right? It's going to be him. And the only reason I, I, I believe that, right, is 
he's always so we've got the next match against AJ I don't depending on when the fight is going to be uh, against Cormier he may or may not even appear at Royal Rumble and if he does it'll be a, like I say just a quick squash match like very very quick and Cena when he wins his next title when he wins it breaks Ric Flair's record and I think a lot of people always say that no matter what we think about Cena or anything that kind of is like a Wrestlemania moment um so we've got Cena coming back to vanquish the Beast, wins the title and in turn, um, breaks Ric Flair's record. And I'm not saying I'm on board with that. I'm not saying I like that. But if Cena comes back and it's like a full-time capacity just for three or four months, you know, I think we're all at the point now where we're just kind of couldn't care less who it is as long as it's a full-time wrestler. Yep. Even if Cena's only come back for a few months as full time and then ultimately drops again, that's fine. And I know the Outsiders Edge were kind of bigging up Bray Wyatt. You know I would be on board with that because I'm one of the biggest Bray Wyatt marks you can find. I just that will never. That, I, I don't think I don't think it will. To be honest, I, deep down it probably won't be Cena, but that's I think Cena's a real, real wild card and all. I think he may if his schedule allows it. I don't think it, I don't think his schedule would allow even a month's full time TV anymore. And, and the other thing we need to kind of factor in is it needs to be and it will be someone legitimate because at the end of the day, it is only Roman that's beat Brock, Roman and Taker that have beaten Brock um, in the, what, the last like five years or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And I think you need to go to go further back. It would have been, I think, the only one was Cena. And I think that's the only three that Brock's lost to. Mm. Cena, Roman and Taker in his second run. Triple H, probably. No, I'm pretty... He beat Triple H, remember? I've, I'm pretty... I need to... I'm, did Cena beat him in his first match back, I'm sure? Yes. So, and then he never lost, basically. Until, obviously, lost the triple threat at WrestleMania, but he wasn't pinned, so... And then the next time it was Taker, when he when he choked him out and then next time was oh Goldberg as well sorry Goldberg so those four and like I said those four Cena Goldberg Roman and Taker are big time guys and if that's the kind of if that's the criteria we're going with then to me it's it's probably going to have to it probably will be Cena the only other one that would have made sense would have been Lashley because of the whole MMA history but God knows where Lashley's going this moment in time. The only thing I can see them doing is throwing a curveball and having someone from SmackDown win the Royal Rumble. Oh, well, I think Daniel Bryan wins it still and I think Miz wins the, the title um, between end of Survivor Series to the Royal Rumble and I, th- I still think that's what they're going to go with. Even with Shane O'Mac being thrown in there? I, I think he'll have something else. I'm hoping they don't go Shane and Daniel Bryan. I'm hoping that's not what last night was. Um, because obviously Daniel Bryan needs that McMahon family rub, doesn't he? It's not even that. It's just that like, plans legit could have changed after Daniel Bryan quote-unquote refused to go. They might have just been like, well, original plans were a few of any title. We're not going to do that. We'll put you in a match with Shane and yeah, that's Sh- Shane goes over. <laughs> <laughs> in a two-minute squash. Yep, but 
Like I say, that's um, overwhelming thought is that we are just back to square one again, and mm. things are looking up. And I know, I know, some people might point out to the fact that and say that Roman only defended it twice, but then all of a sudden after beating. Uh, sorry, in the Hell in a Cell with Braun, then they entered a feud with the Shield and um, Strowman, Dolph and Drew, and then kind of the Universal kind of took a back seat. But I think that was more so because they were trying to build up the Super Showdown and they kind of had this triple threat earmark for the Crown Jewel. So I kind of give them a pass for that. But like I say, we were given a small glimpse to what a full-time champ would represent and would mean to the brand um, and the product in general. But we're now back to this bullshit Baroque stuff. I mean, part of me, with the thing with Roman, we would never know what would happen, but part of me thinks that they were just treading water the whole time with this pretty long-winded, now um, shield Dogs of War stuff that's been going on and maybe they were just going to put it on Brock Lesnar all the time. I don't know. I'd like to hope I'd I'd like to um, hope that that wasn't the case. You had touched on no idea. Baron Corbin earlier. See mm-hmm. if the kayfabe side of things. Mm-hmm. He, he seems to be in cahoots with Stephanie McMahon. He's not doing a good job. Why on earth would he want to help an absentee wrestler retain the title and become an absentee champ again? Why would he not want the main title exactly. on the show? In, in the whole thing leading up to SummerSlam was Brock Lesnar saying, no, nah, I'm not defending the title. I'll do what I want. Kurt Angle ultimately puts an ultimatum out to him. And it's like, he's kayfabe-wise and story-wise, he's already proven to be difficult to work with. So why on earth would Stephanie be happy that Corbin helped him win? Mm-hmm. And it just comes back to the whole storyline continuity thing. Um, it should it should have been dealt with better. So, so a lot of it just doesn't make sense, to be honest. A lot yeah. of it doesn't make sense. And we keep touching on it, we keep seeing it, but it's all because of Brock Lesnar. Or oh, sorry, all because of Vince McMahon's love affair with Brock Lesnar. And having to placate the... The global audience who apparently want to see the part-timers all the time. Well, to be honest, I can understand why they would because the Superstar Super Showdown was a kind of, this is for the live audience. Crown Jewel, well, let's be honest about it, uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has proven do not fuck with him. <laughs> so whatever he wants, Vince is going to do. Um, and if that's what they want, that's what they want. It's a show kind of aimed for other people. Um, so some of the matches. Um, I don't need to see it. I don't mind if they have a segment here and there on Raw. Um, but at the end of the day, I would rather that segment went to maybe building up other people, yes. giving more time to other people. Um, I don't, I, but saying that though, I can put up with this if it just happens a couple of times a year. And it kind of, it will happen just a few times a year, I think. More so maybe for the Saudi shows. And at the end of the day, I think we've all kind of accepted we're always going to get that one kind of celebrity part-timey sort of legendary match at WrestleMania. And I think we've all kind of accepted that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't need to see any of those four wrestle again. 
I think my point still stands that, okay, they're getting a chance to see these guys one last time, but nothing about the rest of the show would make you think, right, I want to see the quote-unquote undercard next time, because these guys will not, physically will not be able to go five years from now. I mean, Triple H, the, the fittest out of the lot of them, walked away with a pectoral tear. So that scuppered the plans yeah, yeah, that they might have had for Triple H and Batista, which were, were hinted yeah, at. That's, no, I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to that. I was kind of disappointed. And, and you know, Triple H is in one fucking tough bastard, you know. Blows out a quad, finishes a match. Peck muscle, finishes a match. Um, so, but like I say, those kind of matches and shows are more so aimed for a live audience. Um, I think... For me, like I said, I don't want to see it again. I don't need to see it again. And while we're talking about the legends, uh, shout out to our good friend, Rance Morris, who had a, a column out with the Shot Radio um, talking about how he would have like a legend circuit. And another shout out to Rob Ropey on Twitter, uh, a loyal listener. And it was his kind of idea and Rance, Rance kind of ran with it a little bit stole um, it not, not, <laughs> no, not, not stole it <laughs> but he brought it up and I think Ransign just made a call out of it and it was a real good call and he's going to have a few more so and I said I, I think that would if you kind of have like show on a network and just had their own separate thing um, let's say but just in terms of seeing Undertaker and Kane and Shawn Michaels etc like I don't need to see that kind of stuff um, and Shawn Michaels I don't know if you even saw it like after the match is over Shawn Michaels and Triple H are sitting at the turnbuckle and you can clearly see Triple H, Shawn Michaels saying to Triple H we're too old for this he, he says it to him and, you, and it's clear as day what he says mm-hmm. and I mean that's what it tells you they themselves believe that, but you know, like at the end of the day, no one forced you to come back. That's true. The it's not canon, okay? It's they've not bled into the rest of the roster, but the guy, these guys took up an awful lot of TV time, and that could have been TV time that could have, as you said, went towards building other people up. Um, Rich has got the infamous segment on his podcast sidelined segment when it comes to pay-per-view season and then names off all the people that are sidelined not seen at that pay-per-view I'll be honest, I I hate hearing that because I don't want to hear all those names being sidelined and it wouldn't be the case if they didn't rely so heavily on part-timers all the time and I'm sorry but I'm going to come in hot and Rey Mysterio here why why was he brought back, why was he needed to be brought back, really? Because it can still go. So can Almas, and Almas didn't get a chance to be in the Survivor Series 5v5. There's no, no, there's, sure, no, like whatever. There's, no there's no intent to build up the current stars. Some of them, yes. A lot of them, no. Rey Mysterio didn't need that 5v5. Almas, in terms of his impetus on the show, he could have done with that and made a name for himself, which, like so many others have in this traditional... Um, stipulation match. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like when, it, especially when it comes to some like Almas. Um. Yeah, I don't mind Ray so much because my thing is that 
as long as you can go and as long as you're full. I can make do with you kind of being part-time as long as you can kind of go. As long as you can go, I'm, I'm quite happy to watch. Um, not obviously at the expense of other guys or like, people like Almas, but like, for me, I don't have that big of an issue with Rey Mysterio because, like I said, he can still go. But like, I, I do agree like that spot could have benefited Almas a lot. Um, and I kind of hope they eventually they kind of realise what they've got in them. Exactly. Where do you think the WWE main roster product, what will it be like in five years' time? Because they can't keep relying on these. Like, I'm not saying I think they should not. I'm saying physically they won't be able to rely on Undertaker, Michaels, Triple H, Shane. So what are they going to do in five years' time? Because they've not even... They haven't even got that next generation of legends to rely upon for those... Legend segments at WrestleMania 40. Well, it might be the likes of maybe Jericho and it could be Johnny Boots and Tights himself. Um, Johnny Boots and Tights. Um, I fucking hate that man right now. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe maybe that's where someone like Mysterio could come into it as well. Um, but I said, I'm kind of hoping by that point, you know, it's done. The reins have been handed over to Triple H. Um not wishing death on Vince or anything. Um, but for me, I think this is, it seems like it is the kind of, I know you're going to scoff at it, but to me it kind of feels like it is Undertaker's final, like his actual goodbye tour. Um, Kane, at some point, Kane, you're going to have to go to your day job, you know. <laughs> um, Shawn Michaels, I kind of hoping that was just a one one-time thing. I know some people might have think it could be a Triple H, sorry, it could be Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I hope I hope they're wrong. Um, yeah, it's um, I said I don't need to see these guys. I don't need to see them every week. I don't mind seeing them if they if I turn it up for these Saudi Arabia events or if one of them happened to have a match at um, WrestleMania. Because like I said I'm not I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that's a good thing or anything, but I've just come to accept that that's what they do. So I'm no point in me bitching and moaning about it because I know what's going to happen. But yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I don't need to see these guys on Raw taking up segments and just taking up valuable time. I mean, by default, a lot of the roster, the Geek Squad has been used a lot in the last few months with regards to more more so Raw than SmackDown, but both shows have a lot of geeks, and it's just frustrating. I, I mean, I'm not going to boycott the show. I'm not going to do the old cancel the network nonsense because there is plenty on the network for me to enjoy, all the fringe products, all the documentaries and stuff. So I'm not boycotting. I won't. I won't change, and I just feel as if it's too stagnant, too cyclical. We're not going any further forward. I would say, controversially, maybe just play, by playing default alone, Becky Lynch is the, the hottest commodity on the both all brands just now. I'm not taking anything away from her. She's doing really good work. She's getting that time. See what happens if you give people stuff like winning streaks, promo time. Look, at she's going full throttle right now and it's paying, it's paying off very well. But at the same time, because everyone else looks like idiots, 
she's shining like she's rising to the top by default. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's by default. To be honest, I think she's definitely put the work in and earned it. I would say um, it's a combination of both. Uh, her promo work is fantastic. Um, and we obviously know all about her in-ring work anyway. Um, yeah, and like I think bottom line is like like you says how you summarised it in your opening uh, spiel. It just comes boils down to the fact that there's a reliance and there's too many part timers. Yep. Um, you know, like I said, it just doesn't do it for me. It may do it for some other people, and that's fine. But like we say, for me, bottom line is just a far, it's just a, it's just a reliance on part time people, or no, maybe not even a reliance, but too much of a spotlight on the part time people, or too much given to part time people. They're part time for a reason, you know. Uh huh. Yes, part time. There's just it's like a revolving door of part timers, and we're coming up for Royal Rumble season, so no doubt you'll see the likes of DDP coming in at number twelve or something stupid like that. Uh, see, I also don't mind kind of like one legend appearing. I don't want to see too many, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And, and while we're touching on people appearing and whatnot, like, and then in about five months' time, we're going to get the usual influx of NXT people coming up. And it's like, your roster is already bloated and you're not even doing things with so many good people. Uh-huh. So... Caleb had asked in the Social Suplex sort of messenger group, if you had to choose only one 205 Live superstar to go up to the main roster, who would it be? And I flat out said, nobody. Because at the moment, I get to see the likes of Mustafa Ali every two or three weeks have a 15 to 20 minute top quality match of the week contender he has got good character development He's, I know that 205 Live is a microcosm thing it's not the, the glitz and glamour of Raw, Smackdown Wrestlemania but he's still one of the main guys on a show that I watch if he went up to Raw or Smackdown he will never be seen he will not get that time to do the promos that he does, the homemade um, fire promos. He won't get that 15 to 20 minutes to have really good sort of personal grudge matches with the likes of Atami, Murphy, Gulak. Um, it just won't happen. Maybe, I would maybe say SmackDown, but Almas has been there for a while and nothing's happened. The only reason Sanity appeared again was for Nicky Cross to come up and challenge Becky Lynch. Don't, that's probably not going to be a permanent thing because it was just it was in the UK. Maybe Nick yeah. Cross flew down from Glasgow. Um, Bear in mind, they also done this. Remember, they done this last year anyway with um, Pete Dunne. Yes. So nah, I don't think that's a full time thing at the moment. I definitely. I would say it's just a let's let's cash in on the Nicky Cross popularity. That's all. Yeah. That is, I would yeah. say. Yeah, but and the fact that like says it's. Down in Manchester, she's she's British, so it makes sense. You get that little pop, you get get her a little bit more exposure, have a good match. Um, yeah, but I, I, just to answer that question, if if we're talking about to come up and like for them to be treated like a star, or are we just talking about trying to bring someone up? If we're talking about bringing someone up to treat them like a star and give them a right proper push and elevate them. It's obviously Mustafa Ali because I've said before the conversation should be happening 
and, and it is happening that he's one of the very very top guys in that company in terms of wrestling like he's every bit as good as anybody in that company and the, what he does on Twitter and what he does with the community what just how nice of a person he comes across that's the kind of guy who should be the face of your company and he kind of has that potential if you really wanted to put him that way um I don't think it's don't think it'd be difficult for people to to get behind him and like him as a person. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't really trust anyone right now. And to be honest, no one should be coming up on anything like that at the moment. Anyway, there's no, just there's no need for it. No, you don't throw more tools. You don't throw more. I'm trying to think of an analogy, but it's rubbish. If you're wanting to fix something that's broke, you don't just throw more screws at it and more rubber bands. You need to fix what's there first. NXT is doing well just now. They've even got their own problem of folk being sidelined. Look at EC3. Has he got a match at War Games? Not as yet, I don't think. He's uh, very much the, the mid-card of NXT. Keith Lee's still... He's only It's only been a couple of months, I suppose, for Keith Lee, but... Already, it seems like there are a few people on NXT who aren't getting that massive rub that the likes of Adam Cole, Ricochet got. So, even there, there's a a bottleneck approach happening. But at the same time, like that, so that kind of goes against my argument of right, let's send people up to the main roster. But they won't. Their value, their stock, their it'll just fall. And because it will fall, people will be more annoyed with WWE and this anti-WWE stance will just grow and grow and grow. You have rumours, kind of, the fire is stoked by these guys themselves, Omega, Cody, Cody Rhodes, um, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, that they might be coming to WWE in 2019. One, I'm still not sure that that will happen. Two, do you know what's going to happen if they come up or come over to WWE? They won't get booked the way people want them to be booked. They won't have their hour-long 64-star matches and immediately more fuck you WWE stuff will be said because they're not fixing what's there. They're just, there are folk languishing, not getting a chance to fix what they've got there. And your Omega, like... Vince McMahon will look at the Young Bucks and say, right, okay, you can be the Comedy Act. You can be the 205 Tag Team Champs. <laughs> no, I think in that in that regards, like, if if a talent of Kenny Omega becomes available, it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what you've got on your roster, you kind of need to go out and get him, get him and then worry about it later on, what to do, etc., with him and uh, everyone else. Um, don't know what's going to happen with the elite. Uh, I don't think all of them will come. To be perfectly honest with you, I always thought it would just be in, um, the Bucks and and, and Omega. Um, I, I don't think I wasn't ever convinced Cody would be there or Paige or anyone else. Scurll. Um So yeah, we'll just kind of wait and see what happens there. Uh, but yeah. I know you mentioned Shane winning um, the World Cup. I don't have a problem with that at all. I, just, I know kind of you 
I, I, I can maybe understand from your point of view is that he's now going to get more TV time and stuff like that, and I can I get on board with that. But just him winning it doesn't bother me at all. Have you got reason for why, or just that it doesn't? A, because I couldn't really care less about that show. B, I wasn't invested in it. C, it, it's a nothing, nothing victory. It's like someone now winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But like you get the rub for a night and then that's forgotten about. But I think it's just adding, it's adding more apathy to apathy, and the more apathy that piles on, it's just going to turn into anger. But but nobody themselves believe that Shane's the best in the world. Oh, I know that. Nobody know that. them, like... So I, I'm not worked up about it, because like I says I couldn't care less in the first place about the actual tournament thing. Um, it's just the fact that he's there at all. Yeah, but I think, and again, it was mentioned in our messenger group, like, it's like, this is now going to be three years in a row, Shane's at Survivor, on Survivor Series, and he's probably going to go and have that one match at WrestleMania where he does something stupid. Like, it's gotten to the point now where we kind of just need to accept that that's what they're going to do. We don't need to be happy about it, but that's just what they're going to do. I know, but see, think about, like, there seems to be this trio going on between Miz, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Um, they're going to play off each other. They're all, they will all butt heads. Look at what happened with Shane McMahon, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens last year. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens... Kayfabe and behind the scenes. I, no, it's not fair to say behind the scenes because obviously they were thought of highly enough by Vince. But at the end of the day, they became laughing stocks. But that eventually, that ultimately turned into Daniel Bryan's return. And the moment Daniel Bryan came into that match, it doesn't matter if it was Kevin Owens, it doesn't matter if it was Sami Zayn. Hell, it wouldn't even fucking matter if it was like AJ Styles or whoever it was. Doesn't matter. That match was all about Daniel Bryan, and kind of, I think everybody gets that. Um, but that was like four. No, it was more than four months. That storyline between Shane and Kevin Owens, and then it just turned into Daniel Bryan return. Uh, yeah, because the Daniel Bryan return kind of, it, it like, we just had the sort of cross path that kind of somewhat made a little sense just to throw him in there. Just, but I don't. I don't want to see Shane. I've just kind of come now to the point where I just kind of accept it um, and just just see what kind of stupid, crazy shit he's about to do and not necessarily enjoy it, but like I say, I've, I've accepted it and I'm, I don't see myself, I don't see why I'm now going to get worked up about something that I know that they're always going to do or, well, they have a track record of doing. I see. I see your point. And I shouldn't be worked up about it, but it's not it's not so much why he's there. It's the taking taking the spotlight away from someone else. Yeah, like I say, I get that and once again it just kinda of comes back to part time guys. And I know Shane's kinda of like a full time on screen kind of character, but he's a part 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 time wrestler mm. who happens to wrestle a couple of matches a year. Maybe less than that now. Yep. I mean, I will say this though: Shane looked fucking jacked. He looked huge. I wonder if he's been tested. Oh no, he doesn't because he's part time. <laughs> so basically, this legacy program that'll have all the legends doing their own um, 
brand that will just be walking about jacked up to the gills. Looking oh, like that's it. it. That's why. That's why you like um, when Brock got popped for PEDs um, last year or the year before, whenever it was. Like John Jones been popped for it as well, and like they were on a collision course to fight. Well, I'd fucking let the two of them just jag up and just throw <laughs> them in a cage and just let these two PED abusers just beat the living shit with each other. That's what the that's what that's what the uh, Rancy's legend circuit could turn into. Just a roid fest. Yep. A battle roidal. That wasn't the joke, by the way. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> Are you all right there? You got a bit animated. Well, I explained to you that. I've got the Man United game on at the same time. And my God, we are fucking awful. I'm very but we're sorry. actually... But, uh, sorry, cut that out. Oh, did we just get a, a live goal? Oh, we're so bad, we're actually fucking equal. <laughs> just stop recording so I can actually celebrate properly. <laughs> I'm just going to keep this going so the, the listeners can hear your conniptions. Fucking yes. So, see, will you celebrate? Have a good think about, seriously, would you want anyone from NXT to come up? Is it just a flat no? What, right this very second? Royal Rumble season. Like, permanently or just to participate in the Royal Rumble? Permanently. Like, we're coming up, like, let's say, would you call anyone up from NXT at this, the typical call-up seasons? Um, um, because it's not been good for them. Okay, Authors of Pain finally did something of value this week with the tag team title victory over Seth Rollins, basically. Yeah, but it has a long, long sort of time coming. Um, but like I said, we've long said Officer Payne were at that kind of awkward moment where they had nothing else to achieve in NXT, but they were still a bit too green to come up. Um, but yeah, we're about to see a real... We're going to, be, we're going to see a real dominant, dominant tag team on Raw now um, and no, that match against the Bar at Survivor Series that's, that's going to be hard hard hitting stuff it will be um, there are, I will say there are a few some matches where I am looking forward to them you've got Ronda and Becky obviously uh, and the tag teams match I'm looking forward to them all I mean I, I know everyone's kind of blew up the whole Brock and AJ match from last year. Um, it it was a good match. Like it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't this clinic or whatever. It was just a good match. It was a good match. I think we kind of blew it out of proportion a little bit just because it was a lot better than what we were used to seeing from Brock. That's true. That doesn't necessarily mean it was this great match, but I thought it was just a good solid match. To be honest, I thought it was fine. Becky Ronda cannot wait. Uh, Seth and uh, Nakamura cannot wait. Tag team, that the two tag team match cannot wait. Do you know? See the twenty sixteen five tag versus t- five tag. That was good. I really liked that. Mm. 
because that was the whole thing with the Usos had just turned on American Alpha, but they played they played fair that night. Yep. So New Day and Usos are interacting once again. I'm actually quite excited about the tag team one because for a, at least a short spell, there will be proper focus on the 10 tag teams in total. So that's good mm-hmm. to see. And Sorry, to go back to what you were saying about NXT to bring people up. I think they'll probably bring Shayna up. And I think bringing Shayna up will be fine. That would be a good move. Because... because what you imagine if we're all if if Charlotte does go and challenge Ronda, maybe they'll put Charlotte over onto to Raw, so then we'll need someone else to come on to SmackDown. Shayna would make sense. Shayna's ready. Um, in terms of other people, I could maybe see them eventually bringing EC3 up. Whether they do it right now, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to bring anyone up, like. Don't, we should say that, stop bringing people up just for the sake of bringing people up or just for a cheap pop. Like, please have something in store for them. Like, I'm not saying when you brought Almas up, you had to put him in a title match straight away. That doesn't make sense because, like I say, whether we like it or not, a lot of people don't know who he is. So you build him up, but slowly, slowly over time, and oh, did it win? <laughs> Live updates um, of the Man United game here. Who's going on? Did it win? Do you want me to take over for a bit? (laughs) (laughs) Are you Ric Flair Woo Pop there from you? Fuck Ric Flair. Fuck Ric Flair. I hate that man. (laughs) Who scored? I can't see it. Probably Pogba. I think it was. It was a bit of a bit of a mess. Anyway, sorry. Continue. (laughs) Well, Jesus, that is not that's not a good look for our podcast here. Okay, oh, it's all right. They'll enjoy the the elation that you're going through at the moment. Uh, a wee different sort of take. You've got Nikki Cross. She's just had a wee mini debut on SmackDown, and Maverick from Right Side of the Pond brought up a good point from a tweet that I posted at the weekend. Basically, what's happened is. There's another couple of episodes of NXT UK on tonight, so again, we're not able to give it a fully up-to-date coverage, but the last couple of weeks we have seen the formation, um, for want of a better word, of a full Scottish heel stable with the Coffee Brothers, Mark and Joe and Wolfgang. Um, they've sort of dominated and beat up the likes of Flash Morgan, Webster and Mark Edwards. Zach, what's that guy's name from New Zealand? Oh. oh, we follow him on Twitter as well. I was going to say Zach Saber for a second there. Oh, I can't remember his name now. He was there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so it looks like we've got a, a Scottish heel stable. It's still to be determined whether they will play on the fact that they are all Scots from Glasgow. Yep. <laughs> Why did I and say also, that? Also, like it's still to be te- determined whether Nicola Sturgeon's going to be their heel manager. <laughs> Oh, that gif was perfect, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was excellent, that interaction. Interact. Oh, it was excellent. Uh, so, Nicky Cross could come over if it is going to be all about the, the salt iron and stuff like that. Could we or see... Piper Niven could come over. It's not happening. It needs to. It needs to. Could we see Nicky Cross on NXT UK in the near future? Would you like to see that? Of... I mean, I wouldn't mind if she does it now and then. Um... 
I, I wouldn't really have an issue with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those ones again where they're just cashing in on her popularity. Not that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing well for herself on NXT. She has had some really good matches with Bianca Belair. Yep. Uh, she had a good match with Mercedes Martinez as well. That was an excellent match last week. So not only is she st- um, chewing up the scenery with her excellent promos, just her manic style, but she's having good wrestling matches as well. And then obviously she was heavily involved in the Alistair Black storyline, and let's like say that got her more exposure as well. I like how she seems to be like she can't be contained. But when Alistair Black's on the scene, she's under his spell. I quite like that. Yep. And I, I like that initial interaction when he appeared in the ring and just sort of summoned her over and she was like, oh shit. Oh, that was excellent. That was really cool. Mm. It kind of... I know it's not similar, but do you remember when Bray was with his match at Undertaker and he got his little crab position and crawled over to Taker and Taker sat up and looked at Bray and, and Bray kind of like like had this look in his face as like, oh dear god sort of thing and it kind of brought back memories kind of like that where Bray himself was a bit of a loose cannon but then came up against a, a higher power so to speak and you know he was kind of shook mm-hmm. so with, we've got not only have we got Survivor Series coming up there is War Games as well and it's Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Ciampa do you think we'll see a title change there? no that's fair enough. No, don't think so. I don't think so, but I must admit, Tommaso Ciampa has arguably the best Twitter game in wrestling. He's just, he, he put something out on just a few days ago. <laughs> don't know if you saw it. So you remember the Triple H and Shawn Michaels doing like their shoot, photo shoots. So <laughs> he, put, he put out that photo and it was like, uh, what I'm looking forward to the most in Crown Jewel is to see my future. So he puts his face on Triple H's body and puts Gargano's on HBK's. <laughs> Found that quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see a title change there. Um, Dream could ultimately end up being just kind of one of those people that never win a title on yeah. NXT. I think he's a, um, but he's still highly thought of. Oh yes. I think he's a. He might not win the title, as you say, but he's one of those attraction wrestlers where you've got on a takeover, you've got a title match, a couple of title matches, and then you've got the Velveteen Dream match. So I've got no problems with him as far as NXT is concerned. Whether he, if and when he gets called up to the main roster, that's another problem that we'll deal with at another time. But he's in a good place just now. Um, I would say he's been rewarded even if it is kayfabe with a title shot that he might not win and it kind of probably furthers this thing that's going on between Champa Black and Gargano but it's good to see Dream being utilised well I think he's going to be an interesting foil for Champa Yep You also have Black versus Gargano as well Have you got much interest in that match? Apart from wrestling quality? Or is that enough for you? You know that's enough for me. That's, I know, that's why I... Yep. The, the like, I've always long said it. Give me the wrestling over the character and storyline, etc. But 
when you kind of get the storyline and characters merge with their wrestling ability, it's like the perfect blend. Aye. But yeah, I'm alright. I can. That's why, like for instance, when people talk about how Nakamura's a geek and end of the day, Nakamura has a US title and no one and a lot of people don't even fucking realise that. Exactly. You know, like that's how that's how irrelevant he and that title have been for a long time. Um, but him and Seth Rollins should be a good match, so that alone is good enough for me. That's just that's how I always feel about stuff, things like that. Um, if I know I've got two good wrestlers in there, it's all good. However, the build, however shitty the build might be, I'm all right because the match itself for me will be fine. Mm-hmm. It kind of almost like evolution. How shitty that entire build was. Lack of build, and yet look what happened. It was just all about the wrestling, how great the wrestling was. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm still looking forward to it because I expect it to be a good match. Aye. I remember it was a fatal four way sort of number one contender match, and Gargano and Black were like, I don't know if it was an elimination or not, but they had some really good exchanges in their match. See, when Gargano does his um, sort of slingshot DDT through the rope um, spear through the ropes yep. and Gargano just levelled him with a knee to the face so we'll get stuff like that which will be really good to see you've got the war games and, and, and whether we like the heel turn or not at least that's another little dynamic to see Gargano wrestle as a heel yes I don't know if he'll change that much I mean I'm not like I don't care that much that he's turned heel because I've not enjoyed him as a character for a while anyway because he's just been a bit sort of self-indulgent and uh, moping around all the time so I'm not, I wasn't rooting for him anyway if that makes sense but as you say it's interesting what else are they going to do with him, He, he has a failure at the end of the day he lets his demons get the better of him all the time, so let's see how he fe- deals with someone who embraces their demons. Did you like the wee kayfabe story there? Yeah, it's perfect. Thanks. Uh, I don't know about the women's title match. Has there been one announced? Um, I, I don't, don't think so. Not as far as TV's concerned. Oh, like, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not caught on the spoils or anything like that either, so... And you've got the War Games match with United. United? That's what you'll be saying tonight. United, United? Uh, delighted. Absolutely delighted. <laughs> uh, Undisputed Era versus Ricochet, Pete Dunne and the War Raiders. That should be a good fun match because mm. basically as 2018 has played out and nearly come to an end, almost every single excellent match that has been on either NXT takeovers or on TV it's involved Pete Dunne and Ricochet and Undisputed Era so War Raiders they're doing well they've not blown me away with anything um, but it's still going to be a good crazy match I would say and it's different from last year because last year it was three teams against each other whereas this time it's just 4v4 yeah, I can't, yeah, it was it was three teams against three. It was three teams of three, wasn't it last year? Mm-hmm. So um, there's only two. There's tonight's NXT and next week's, and then that's it. I think. Am I right in saying that? Say that again. Sorry. Am I right in saying that there are only two more episodes of NXT before War Games? Well, it's what ten, ten days away. Aye, that must be the case then. 
Survivor so it's a week. It's a, it's a week this Saturday. Uh, so because yeah, it is. Survivor Series is on the eighteenth. So yep. We'll probably be able to touch on it a bit more. Maybe next week. week because we'll have missed the, the final, the go home NXT. But we'll definitely touch a bit more on the takeover and Survivor Series as well. But we've some of us have been a bit more animated than others tonight for bad reasons, some of us for good reasons with their local soccer team doing well it's not exactly your local team but your favourites No, it's not my local it's not my local at all but I have been a Man United fan since I was 5 years old so there you go will we do a wee quiz then, end the show on a good, a high note, a happy note Um. yep ok it's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. So this week, in keeping with the theme of just rotten booking, part timers taking over, and just Vince, what were you thinking? This is the theme of the quiz this week. Ten questions, couple of bonus points here and there. Some of the most bizarre head-scratching booking decisions that WWE have had over their time, all right? Mm-hmm. Number one, what were the two occasions where Hornswoggle was the big reveal? The two? Mm-hmm. Well, he was Stingy's son. Uh, Vince's son. Yep. What was that one? Um, was it before or after that review? It was after. After? Ah, <sighs> uh, was it not the thingy, the raw GM? Correct, he was the anonymous GM. Anonymous one, yep. Number two. What pay-per-view did Steve Austin get his hat, finally get his hands on Rikishi in an official match after it was revealed that it was Rikishi that knocked down Steve Austin? What was the name of the pay-per-view? Oh. I did it for you, Austin. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to say Judgment Day, but... It was like a, it was a no DQ match anyway, but I genuinely nah. Um, was Judgment Day even a pay per view then? It was, but it wasn't Judgment Day. Will I give you a clue? Was it No Mercy? It was No Mercy. <coughs> Number three, and I remember watching this in a friend Barry's house and just being <laughs> like, raging, absolutely raging. John Cena lost the world no he didn't lose the world heavyweight championship but it was, it was Cyber Sunday 2006, triple threat match Big Show, Booker T, John Cena mm-hmm. the, the online vote was to see which title would be defended, probably yep. that or the ECW with the Big Show and it was a world, it was Booker T, King Booker's world heavyweight championship that was on the line, yep. Booker T pinned John Cena to retain the world title, but how did that happen? How, like, do you want the build up to the pin or? Someone attacked John Cena. 
Uh, oh, I don't know if I remember this. Oh, I do. I do. Britney's man. Has <sighs> it her ex? Oh, that fucking idiot. Kevin Federline or Federline or whatever. Can you believe that? K-Fed. I can't help. A scrawny young, a scrawny child in comparison to uh, the Johnny Boots and Tights prototype hitting with a shit belt shot, and that cost him the match. That's dread. Yeah. That's dreadful. Yeah. What other pay per view? This is number four. You've got three right so far. You're doing excellently well. Number four. What other pay per view? Who knew my forte was shit booking, and I actually enjoyed <laughs> shit booking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what other pay-per-view was John Cena a victim of like uh, interference from a physically inferior, embarrassing celebrity storyline stuff this time losing the US title uh, was it, oh, what's his name I was going to say John Snow <laughs> do you mean the guy from Game of Thrones uh, or the Channel, of Thrones. 4, Channel 4 it News presenter but was it SummerSlam? Uh, like you say, SummerSlam, wasn't it? Or whatever it was. What's his fucking name? That's all right. I was wanting the name of the pay-per-view, so you got it correct. Oh, is it? But what's the guy's name? It was John something, wasn't it? John Stewart. Yes. Awful. That was. That was just so random. I know. Number five. Over the Limit 2012. Name the uh-huh. main event. Say that again? Um, you... Sorry. Over the Limit 2012 name. The main event. Well, I give you a clue. Uh, uh, you might need to. Well, one of the participants was John Cena. Oh, thingy. Nicky Bella's father in law. Bonus point. If you remember what the WWE title match was that night. And will I give you... Think back. No, no, just think back to 2012. I can't remember when Over the Limit was, but I'm thinking it was a springtime affair. The idea, to be honest. Um... Was it a singles or was it a multi-man? It was a singles match. Was it one title or two titles at this point? Was it just a one title? Um, I think it was two because... I it was two. Oh! oh right, okay, uh, so that's the one Punk held then? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Daniel Bryan? Correct. So... You've got Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, two of the greatest that have ever laced up a pair of boots, playing second fiddle to John Cena and one of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> say, that, one of the of Doom. say that out loud. Can you, can you, Adam and Eve, that? <laughs> five out of five, six out of six points so far. <laughs> number number six, who did Miz face for the WWE title at Elimination Chamber 2011? <clears throat> Was that the year? Was that the year that him and Cena went on to the WrestleMania with the Rock hosting? Mm hmm, yep. 
Oh wow. Um, now, keep in mind. I don't. I don't think I do remember it to be honest. Well, I just. Oh, I. I, I want to see you get full points tonight. I know, but I genuinely don't remember this match if I'm honest. Um, I remember, and maybe this was too soon. That him and him and that uh, Alex Riley eventually fell out. It wasn't that. Well, I'll let you know. Well, I just tell you. In fact, I'll give you a clue. Mm-hmm. They share the same initials as John Cena's over the limit twenty twelve opponent. The King. The King, indeed, Jerry Lawler. Two thousand and eleven, guys. The pay per view before WrestleMania, and Jerry Lawler's in a title match. Oh my word! They've been doing they've been doing fuck finishes and fuck putting for a long, long time. Number seven on an episode of Monday Night Raw, fifth of July, two thousand and four. Chris Jericho would win. So if you if I'm going too quickly, say Chris uh-huh. Jericho won an IC title shot against Randy Orton later that night. He would lose that match, right? But. Jericho won this opportunity in a segment earlier on in the night. This particular segment had the following. Stacey Keebler, Ric Flair, Tajiri, Tyson Tomko, Jonathan Coachman, Jerry Lawler, Chris Jericho and Eugene Dinsmore. How did Jericho win the title shot? I, I, no. Nothing. Nothing at all. I don't remember that at all. Oh, I'm sorry to say you won't get full full Booner tonight. The answer was he won a game of musical chairs. I don't know, I remember that. Musical chairs? What year was that? What year was that, 2004? Uh-huh. The Edge, the Edge, Edge was feuding with um, Evolution around this time. I was in sixth year at that point in 2004. Were you? Yep. Probably too busy skiving in school at that point. Number eight... Side note, in six year, did you know I only done one subject in six year? <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what subject was that? Fashion? No, it was English because what happened was I was due to take a business and I think it was accounts, but I got an appeal from a year before, so I decided I did, I did, I was satisfied with that to move on, and I just dropped it. I just dropped out of them, so I stopped going, and then eventually. I just ended up having one subject and it was just English throughout the year. I eventually got busted right enough. <laughs> Funny enough, they saw me sitting in the canteen area quite a lot during the day. <sighs> <laughs> anyway. I wonder if any of uh, your um, teachers listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, well, I assume they probably found out because I got pulled up about it and I had to start then going to these classes just to sit in it. Te- terrible as well as I got what I wanted out of English anyway so it's fine uh, number 8 who was Eugene Dinsmore related to on Monday Night Raw Kayfabe or non-Kayfabe Kayfabe shit is it something to do with Vince no you're Kind of on the right track. I think it was somewhat some sort of on-screen character. 
Mm-hmm. Aye. Coach? Coach? Yes. Dinsmore's related to Coach, just like Jason Jordan's related to Kurt Angle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I remember a lot of interaction. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it was... Eric Bischoff, he was Eric oh, Bischoff. So it was. Special needs nephew. Yes. Oh my god. I fell away at the end here. Number nine. How did Dean Ambrose lose his TLC match against Bray Wyatt? How did he lose TLC Bray so, Wyatt? It was one of those TLC matches, but you could win by pinfall. Um, what year was this? 14. 2014. Um, oh. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I would right, I will hazard a guess go for it did Bray not f- pour or was it a fire extinguisher or something into Ambrose no it was no. Dean Ambrose was about to hit Bray Wyatt with a TV oh fuck so it was a TV monitor and the yes the wire exploded Oh, that's what it was. I was on kind of on the right track. That's Keenan and Kel stuff. That booking, awful. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Keenan and Kel was so good, but it was really good. Number ten, the last one. It's, it's a shame you've won, uh, lost the last three there, but no, number <laughs> number ten. Who replaced Great Kali to take on the Undertaker in the first ever Punjabi Prison match? Because it was a great Kylie's match, but he came down with a staph infection when he was doing, I don't know, tribute to the trips or something along those lines. Mm. Um, I don't think I remember, to be honest. <laughs> um, Shall I just hazard, I guess? Mm-hmm. Fact, was it not show? It was, big show, well done. So you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of eleven points. That's not too shabby. Hmm. Done alright. Done alright. You should be proud of yourself with your knowledge of shit booking. Thank you, I am. I am. So that brings us to uh, the end of another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. You can catch us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Um, on the podcast network that you have us on, please rate and review for five stars on the app of your choice where you can listen to yourselves. Uh, grown Men Watch This Shit, One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style and Outsider's Edge. Um, Kyle made a run-in. Kyle from Outsiders Edge made a run in on keeping it strong style this week so if you want to hear his take on New Japan more in depth have a listen to that uh, Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group 
we're all there. You can chat to us and talk about wrestling, shout about wrestling, moan about wrestling, do whatever you want. Uh, socialsuplex.com has links to the columns that we do, 205 live reviews and stuff like that. Uh, and podcasts, you can subscribe to us there as well. Subscribe button lets you get the podcasts and s- columns <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight to your email inbox. I'm sure I've missed something. I always do. Anything you want to add? No, no. Um, I think you're pretty much on everything there. Cool. Well, I've got some breaking news for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump is making, having, making public his relationship with WWE again. And... In order to celebrate this, they're going to rename some of the states, some of the United States of America. Go on. To coincide with sort of WWE superstars. So they're going to have Naomi and Ms. Quinson. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's bad. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. Is that the worst one yet? That could be the worst one yet. I didn't give much thought to it this week, I will be honest with you. Uh, that that was bad. But hey, we're used to your shit jokes now. They've become part and parcel of this podcast. That's my gimmick, brother. It is your gimmick. It is your gimmick. I... Do, you, do you know what my gimmick is yet? This... I have so many, actually. Your gimmick in this show? Just in general. Um, doing Ricky things. <laughs> That's true, actually. <sighs> right. We'll try and be a bit more upbeat next week, folks. Upbeat. I think I think we will be because the card itself is looking a little better, and War Games is there, and you know so. And we do, there's, we'll be coming up to the festive season anyway, so even if things start to go a bit shit with regards to WWE, we have some special additions planned soon. As far as I'm aware, we're not that far away from, uh, I know we've been on the Social Suplex Network for a year now, we're coming up to our 100th episode. Did you know that? You did know that, didn't you? Yes. It's quite a milestone for us, so... Over Christmas. Considering what our first episode was like, so, you know. Considering the episodes that we did on the train home from work back in the day. <laughs> they were. They were some of the best things you ever hear. They were good stuff. <laughs> they weren't. No, they were terrible. They were terrible. They were. Like, you would hear the woman on the, ha- on the train, on the speaker, telling you what station you were approaching and stuff in the background. And our outro music was the theme tune from <laughs> the B- casualty? BBC drama Casualty. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a reason behind that, but it was just so stupid. What was the reason? <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember it was... Uh, we were always on the train going to the destination it was going to, and we always went... <laughs> I don't know why... You know how on a train, but this train is for Glasgow. Your next stop is Charing Cross. 
So we added on to that for some random reason where this train will disintegrate. Oh, because they say, well, this train will terminate. <laughs> yes. And then because of that, we played the casualty theme to make it look like the train did actually disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creative geniuses here. And Jeremy Donovan gave us a bigger platform. Full- <laughs> oh, I love that, man. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. Thank you, and here's to hopefully many more years of giving you rubbish jokes and stories about our youth and dogging school and stuff like that. Right. Ah, I mean, I didn't dog school. I was in school. I just didn't go oh, to just, classes. I didn't need to go to these classes. You just sat in the canteen while you were in school. Well, do you want to know what my Friday day consisted of? Mm-hmm. It was first two periods, I had three. Period three... Again, I should have been in like accounts or business, but because I didn't go, I didn't go. Period four was like social education, so we no one ever went. And period five was English, and then sixth period I was free again. There we go. So I had one subject on a Friday. Busy man. Yep. And, Very busy. And just like uh, in your work life, you just do nothing on a Friday and leave work early. I leave work every single Friday at twelve o'clock. Does the building the building could you know be like about to cave in and we need everyone there? I'll still leave. It's routine. Uh, I mean, this is random tangent, and we finished on the high note. But I do actually want to give thanks to folk that praised us for our talk, um, talk last week about Saudi Arabia and all the controversy and um, stuff that's going on about that. That was quite a serious conversation we had and we got quite a lot of private and public praise for that. So thanks to all of you for allowing us, not allowing us, just praising our braveness. Well, not my braveness. Yeah, because we kind of ended that episode in the off-air where we were kind of a bit like did we go too far? Should we have said what we have said? And if certainly me, I had doubts in my mind. I was like, did I come across it? I wanted to. But all it says, guys like Rob, guys like Dan, like Rance, Kyle, um, Josh. Rich, Josh. Josh had some real nice things to say as well. So yeah, it felt nice that people say, saw the way we were coming from and appreciate what we were saying. Mm-hmm. But on that note, we'll, we'll, we'll end on a positive note now. Yeah. Right, folks, take care. <laughs> right. Speak to you next week. Night night. Right, bye bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.